0: Welcome to episode two of 2021 LOI Central. This week's show, we'll have Greg Bulger and Conor McCormick together, uh, two old clubmates at two different clubs, actually. And we're going to hear from Colin Healy. Uh, He did the Cork City press conference yesterday, which was Tuesday. And then we will have Tommy Barrett on to discuss Treaty United and uh, so we have a packed show myself and Dan McDonald Johnny Ward obviously in association with futureticketing.ie and you'll find us on SoundCloud, Spotify Apple Podcasts and wherever you get your podcasts so we're obviously just recording this uh, the day of Ireland-Serbia best of luck to the Irish tonight Dan um, how are you getting on and how did
1: you enjoy week one? All good yeah we're, we're, we can touch on the international stuff next week um, with people but um, yeah it was, in, it was an enjoyable opening weekend I was at Heading the game park on Friday for draw to Waterford, and I was in the showgrounds on Saturday for Sligo Rovers and Docks. So, um, I think we've said it in all the seasons of this show, um, you know, making rash proclamations on the on the back of on on, on the back of sort of one weekend uh, is dangerous. You know, I always go back to that dundalk nil Bray nil game to start the season. Mm-hmm. So you have to be very wary of that, like. It just probably even goes to show, like even I suppose I think of like Dundalk, sort of I think ran out of steam and both halves against Sligo to some degree, and um, you know the President's Cup means one thing, but but this is a proper game, you know, and and maybe some teams had fewer preseason games than others, and all these factors can be relevant at the at the start of the season, you know, before it takes shape. But I do think, like I, every every year we've done this show. Um, I've probably been pretty strident about it being like a, a two-horse race, say, you know, or, or something defensively. And and listen, I, I guess I guess across the 36-game season, I definitely still feel that the stronger squads will ultimately come to the fore and should come to the fore. But I definitely think the gap won't be as big this year, you know, just in terms of between like say the top clubs and you saw Pats quite competitive against, against Rovers. Um, it's like Rovers look very strong Um in terms of, listen, you can, you can read a bit into, into one performance, but I'm just talking about the squad that they have, like Johnny Kenny looks a real find and, and they have, you know, good attacking players as is. Uh, and okay, bows were disappointing, but you'd imagine that they'll respond. And I, you know, I think it might just take Rovers a time to hit their stride, and I think there's question marks still around on Dock under and a few headings. So you might find that it's a bit more congested than than previous years. And while I still would expect Rovers and Dock, when fixtures stack up, you know, the depth of their squad will will come to the fore, um, I don't think it's like just as absolutely clear-cut that it will be a, you know, a, a two-horse race, say. Uh, I know it's a bit insulting to Bows who were second last year, but like a two-horse race where there's like, you know, a double-figure point gap back to the rest or something like that. I think it might just be, I think more points may be dropped this year, particularly in the early weeks, and then we'll see what happens.
0: I suppose there's a broader philosophical question as to whether is the league getting stronger or is it getting weaker because it probably will be more um, condensed this season. But I was really, really encouraged. So Shamrock Rovers didn't win. St. Patrick's Athletic didn't win, Bohemians didn't win, and um, didn't win, whereas Longford drew and uh, Finn Harps all won. So like it, gave, it gives teams great hope at the start of the season and um, I think Waterford are going to be an interesting one because they did struggle as much as if so many new players, they did struggle against Drogheda. I watched that game on the stream, but to see those um you know teams that we would expect to struggle get off the mark um Longford's win, I thought, was was I yeah. just got a good got a great kick out of that in some respects because A. Durbin, um, obviously he gave an interview after the game where he said, you know, people expect us to go straight back down. Maybe they underestimated us. By all accounts, um, they 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 absolutely dominated the game. That was one game I didn't watch down, but the, the, the one of the main talking points I think in week one was how bad Derry were. Um, they I think they had one shot on target or one chance in the whole game could have been beaten three 0 um, and immediately, I I actually do believe this. Immediately, there's pressure on Decky Divine.
1: Well, I, mean, I think we've listened. To this pressure on Decky Divine. I mean, Liam Coyle said he'd be in bother if they don't qualify for Europe. And listen, like I mean, if there's pressure on Deaky Divine, no, there, there is pressure on Decky Divine. Losing there is a bad result. Just as Keith Long losing in Harps is a bad result for him too. You know, but obviously Keith Long has loads of credit in the bank. You know, whereas Deaky Divine, as we've touched on, probably is under a bit more local scrutiny. So. You know, a slow start is a problem. From and I think actually, you know, the like Longford again, like Longford's pre-season results were bad. So it just goes to show mm. like how you, can't, you can you can you can labour too much on on those things, um, and that when teams get into a really proper competitive game with eleven players on the pitch rather than you know playing two elevens in each half or or doing whatever it is, particularly in in the preseason we we had here where teams could only play each other and. You know, it was it was really you felt it was really more so about minutes in a lot of cases than necessarily the, the type of preparation you would normally do. And like you, mean, you, you saw, Longford and Drogheda win, both of whom to a certain levels have, have kept the core of the side that got them promoted. You know, they've sort of kept key central elements of it, and in some respects, like they've had less instability than some of the clubs at sure, the yeah. table who, who, who've signed eight, nine, ten players. Some of them are new to the league or, you know, new to the squad around them. So, you know, maybe we shouldn't be as surprised as as we were. Um, but I think, you know, it's the Longford, like a lot, I think a lot of teams, the classic one, it's like Finn Harps have been in this role in recent years. A lot of teams are banking on them not being that good um, yeah. you know, in terms of their own, in terms of looking over their shoulder. And then they suddenly realise, well, actually Longford are going to be well capable of, you know, giving this a good stab. Um, then all of a sudden, like you're thinking, you need to get yourself in order if you're Waterford or, or whoever, whoever it might be. Like um, I saw Waterford, I mean, like, they, like they've thrown together a squad again. and Yeah. Um, you know, like it's, they've, in some cases, they, they barely played together before and they're still looking to bring in new new players and it's going to take them a few weeks um, to probably get going. But, you know, all of a sudden, if you find yourself down there, it, you know, you, you, it becomes a thing that you're stuck down there. So, um, I, I, listen, I think one of the more interesting opening weekends, uh, certainly, um, and obviously this weekend is not a full round of fixtures, just with a... Yeah. Um, you know, the, the, the internationals of taking the Derry overs game out of the equation. But it's... Um, like, And we don't have necessarily the mad... Sp- like... The the fixtures are marginally better spread out this year, so you're not going to necessarily have this logjam of like ten games in a month or something coming up soon, Mm -hmm. where the season, you know, where almost half the you know quarter of the season takes place in the space of six weeks or something, you know, that's not going to happen. So it's going to be a bit more of a structured campaign this year, which is going to be, hopefully, a lot more interesting. What what were your what were your observations? What were your takes of the weekend?
0: I, I, I've I, one of the questions I asked Colin Healy was just is there a spill out into the first division in terms of quality? Now, three or four teams of the first division are full time at the moment, and it, it does seem really strong. But getting back to the Premier Division, um, I, I thought McCann was excellent for Sean Groves, really enjoyed watching him play. And I think what Bradley said afterwards that he sort of dictated the game. Um, I did feel that, but I, I honestly didn't think Rovers... I mean, Rovers, to me, did not dominate that game. They were much the better in the second half, but pound for pound, I thought Pats deserved a, a point. Um, but did Pats answer the questions in terms of their problems up front? Um, not necessarily. They didn't create many chances at all. But I, uh, my main take from the week, Dan, um, was... I thought Dundalk were disappointing, to be honest. I thought after the goal that they got, which was a high-press... Terrible goal to give away from Sligo, who haven't didn't have a great preseason themselves. I thought they're after Sligo were fairly comfortably the better team, and I I, I read obviously Dundalk changed their system a bit, and um, so you know maybe maybe it is early days. But to be honest, I, I read your piece as well about um the game and the, the the difference in who was kind of shouting in the second half. It was very very interesting because that wasn't apparent to me at all watching on the stream. I I I thought Dundalk um they didn't look like a team that that um would be challenging this season and it's very, very early to say that. But to me there were no benefits in go on the day. I, it's, it's I hard too early to say that, but they've a lot of they have a lot of improvement to make to, to challenge, I think.
1: I, yeah, no, they do. But like, I wouldn't get I wouldn't be sorry. Again, this is like statements after one game just make fools of you, you know. So yeah, exactly. like, like you know, after 10, 15 minutes, I must admit I was there looking at it, going, they started quite well and they pressed and not gonna and I, I actually was sitting there going, I mean, when you think about it, like is the obvious one just staring us in the face here, you know, which is something, mm. you know, to some degree you're thinking like, you know, like this is still probably definitely the the highest wage bill in the league. Certainly we, we know that because um, and Matt Hulsizer said it last year and um, even though Rovers have, have, have added significantly. Like, and, I mean, there is still talk of bringing in uh, Wilfred Zahebo, who's like a MLS all-star a couple of years ago. And the dog have the spending power yeah. To, to to do whatever you can take really and, and I've said before that I think they need to start well because otherwise people there would start to get impatient and that's where you got worried like, I mean it's, it's obviously this, it's, it's Filippo's team as we've discussed And Why and did they fade so badly do you think? Well I, I, they, they did only play three games in pre-season you know mm. and the one thing you have to be conscious of with the dock as well if you think of 2017 which was the year after the Europa League run now I know everyone else's season went on a bit later than normal this year, particularly Rovers at the FEI Cup in the first week of December. But Dundalk had loads of injury issues in 2017, which spilled over from the fixture run in 2016. And you see that, like, you know, Michael Duffy was on the bench last week, Sean Murray mm-hmm. hasn't been cited, Brian Gartland hasn't been cited. Like, you list the players that haven't been involved, and I think then to make a definitive judgment on Dundalk on the base of last week would be really rash, you know, that like they're not mm-hmm. even close to, like you know, they only had seven subs on the bench last week. We're missing quite a few players. So, I have a combination of been a bit undercooked to some degree um, and also uh, lingering stuff from last year. I mean, there was question marks around who've been in pre even Duffy, and like the all, the other fear as well. I don't know this to be the case, by the way, I'm just speculating and stressed to stress that, but maybe they're under a bit of pressure even to get some of these guys back playing and you have to be very careful with that in case that catches up with you. So, um, like, we always end up going back to them because, you know, I, I know that, like, some people in the doc don't appreciate the focus on them, but, like, at times, mm-hmm. you know, with aspects of the coach and stuff and that type of thing, when, to be fair, it's happening elsewhere. But it's just, you know, they have been the dominant club of, of recent years. They have the financial power to be way ahead of everyone else. Um, and and they've, they're not necessarily, like, they haven't necessarily that hasn't been reflected in their league display. So there's a lot of scrutiny on them this year. And they did lose their weight. I and mean, listen, you could, maybe it was just tactical as well. Like you know that that they, they started very well, but Sligo like we'll have a good have good forward players who sort of made good movement and actually sort of met them up. Like they never had to bring Patrick McAlene back to get a little body you know, an extra body into midfield. They went from like a 3-4-3 to maybe like a three five two, which is what they were playing a lot last year. Um they just you know you just wonder that they have the right balance even in some of those positions like i mean um and, and it'll be interesting, but they obviously wanted richie to and they missed out mm. on him. And Richie tell he's not he's not the young richie tell anymore, but that's sort of still a real box to box sort of energetic player you know who can really give you a presence and, and maybe they're looking for to, to zahibo to provide that um you know Rovers are missing it with mac F gone too, and there was just a bit. Like they, they just were a bit laboured at times, and, and Sligo were getting around them. Um yeah. but, but it was interesting. There was a lot of there was a lot of um, there was a lot of. Uh, I'm not going to say who was saying it, but there was obviously managers and ex pros from, from other clubs say there. Uh, and you'd be chatting to them, and one of the things that was said, you know, that the fear factor around on dog maybe is gone, is that when they went one nil up previously, I think some teams would be like, oh no, we're done now. For Whereas sure, typically yeah. pe- people feel as a soft centre that they can chip away at. Um, yeah. and that's what they need, to, they need to address. Again, they conceded a set-piece goal, which was a big problem last year and something they needed to address.
0: Yeah, I, I, the, the flip side of that is as well that Shamrock Rovers didn't dominate against Pats and there were spells in the first half where Pats had a lot of the ball and you're kind of looking, this Rovers team will take a little bit of time and Bowes obviously didn't really impress up in Harp. So we just could have a very interesting... Um, you know, raised for the title and Europe this season and maybe actually it is the Sligo Rovers are actually quite a good side and maybe uh, we need to take that out of the game. So it could be a good yeah, time think to so. get to... Yeah, it could be a good time to get to one of their players now, uh, Greg Bulger, who's joined by Conor McConnell. Starting with you, Greg. It was actually, um, I was actually—I find it very hard to kind of, you know, reel in back the years and remember things of St. You did play together at Cork City, didn't you? And, and you said we did, and we actually played together at St. Pat's as well, which I'd completely forgotten about. Um, so you and you and the Badger go way back, way back, really.
2: Yeah, way back. Uh, no, yeah, we had a year of Pat. Our think it was the year we won the cup, was it? Back? I think it was two thousand four. Yeah. Dean, was it I'm not sure yeah. and then at a year together a yeah so only good to forget things either
0: <laughs> yeah Badger what was he like as a, as a teammate as a man as a player and all that my <laughs> well, I mean, uh, Greg was obviously
3: uh, he was one of the main men uh, behind our league success at Pats um, like you a know, fantastic season that time and uh, as I said there uh, that was our first time playing together and um, I played most of my games at right back sometimes uh, when Jerry was injured and uh, turning from from in the middle and whatever but um now we certainly had a good team that time and um it was a good cup win
0: yeah, um we're probably now t- you you've been named uh, you're going to be announced as uh, I think you'll be announced by the time of this show as the Goal United captain. Uh, it turns out Greg you were actually the Leicester Rovers captain uh, last Saturday as well and uh, you know maybe you didn't have a great preseason, season but uh, I think a lot of eyes were taken by the performance against Doncaster particularly the second half and you must have been delighted with that start.
2: Yeah, no we were we were, we were happy but pretty good as well that like we didn't come away with the three points and Obviously preseason you can't replicate the games, league games, the intensity and all. Over, you know, pre season games, you can play as many games as you want, you just can't replicate that. So um we were, yeah, we we're encouraged by the performance. Um, I thought we I thought we played really well, probably a shaky start. But big thing is we showed a lot of character after we went down a goal down and uh, got ourselves back in the game and I, I felt we should have won it. Um obviously they had a few chances as well, but I felt we had five or six chances in the game and Was really pleasing because I just say you're going in, you don't know, you're not sure, you know, a bit of bit of doubt or a bit of what way is this going to go? First league game, you are always going to have them nerves, but um, I thought it went, we played reasonably well, um, but like I said, it's only the start, start, it's only first game, so we see how we go. But um, it was it was, myself personally, it was good that we didn't get the three points because I felt we deserved it, stuck it to them, and then hopefully now going forward. We can uh, stay at that level of performance, and I think we'd be all right. Yeah,
1: Greg, I know, and and you two lads have been around the league, so I'm very wary of like hype around players. You've you've seen it all, you've heard it all, but I have to say, like I was at the game on Saturday, and I loved watching young Johnny Kenny play. I loved it because you know he's a teenage striker. It's his first proper season, you know, playing men's football. He's up against Boyle and Cleary and Natastad. Like, physical defenders and he didn't seem fearful at all like he was he was putting it up to the attitude it was what have you made of him so far
2: yeah oh, he was look he was being, he's been very good in pre-season he's banged in the goals to be fair to him um, he's a, like honest lad he'll chase pigeons he run all day he, uh, he's gamey but he can finish the boy could finish I know he had one maybe one or two chances there the other but they'll come but he, uh, he did, he gave the lads a, a, good, a good game and um, they knew they were in a game and he's a willing runner and uh, the thing is, I kind of, I don't know i make making comparisons around but I feel a bit of a bit of Shawnee McGuire in him a small mm. bit like you know he can do a bit of he yeah. come, he come short he so can run in behind and he can finish and um, obviously he's only 17 he's coming into the training sometimes when he's school uniform on so it's a bit of um, <laughs> I
0: don't
2: want to be putting too much pressure on him but uh, He's he's. Um, I think he's a good future in the game. If he keeps his head down, he keeps working, and he's a good honest lad, he will do that. So, um, it was it was good to see myself. Him I Was probably maybe a bit worried going into the game for him because, like I said, playing against the three three lads in the league, yeah. three uh, centre backs, the three boys are very good, like at the back. So, but uh, I thought he was excellent. I thought he was excellent. So hopefully now he can uh, he can kick on and be be a be an important player for us this year. You know.
1: I'm just thinking, Connor. So the two of you, you've both moved to. Have either of you lived in Connacht before? Is this a new stop on, on the road? Or you're like West is best, and all of this. Like you know, how have you found the the adjustment so far, Connor?
3: Yeah, well, this is the four corners now that I've done now. So, um, <laughs> no, look, oh no, look, I'm pretty happy. Um, I'm pretty happy how things have gone. Um, obviously, I know John from before, and uh, look at the team that he's brought in, the team that he's developing here. Um, I was looking out for his results uh, even when he moved in. Uh, halfway during last season, and um, they done well to make the playoffs. They're unlucky then the playoff final. I think. Um, but look, uh, I know John does things right, and um, coming here then, like uh, so, we're hoping to have a good, successful season. Um, I know, like uh, he's built a good team, so uh, we're just hoping then for a good start now on Friday, and hopefully we can uh, build on that.
1: That is like actually, lads. There's something I was going to ask you. You know, the fact that both of you have moved around a bit and. I might put this to you, Connor. Seeing as you've been round the the four corners of the of the country, but like all this moving around that comes with professional football, like is it something that you just get used to after a while, or is there a sense sometimes that I wouldn't mind like putting down roots and staying somewhere for a while, you know? Because I assume there's like family or partners or other considerations, or is it just the case that you have to accept that this is part of the game, and that you might like it somewhere and you might be settled somewhere. But well, particularly in this league, sometimes you just got to pack your bags and go. And, and like, how have you adjusted to
3: that? Uh, well, I just think it's par and parcel of the game. And, um, you know, as becoming a professional football player, that you have to have that mindset that you're not going to be based in the same county or same country or same city, you know, uh, like all your life and play for the same team. Like, uh, that doesn't really happen. Like, as we know, yeah. Um, sometimes you win the league sometimes you don't sometimes managers get sacked sometimes you have to leave sometimes your contract's gone you know like uh, there's things like that that uh, comes into uh, consideration so um, like uh, it's not easy as like you say there that, that you can't plan uh, too far ahead uh, like outside your own contract and that but um, like uh, some people don't understand that but look uh, as football players you know like uh, it is it like uh, it is your job. It is your profession at the end of the day, and um, look, uh, it's just part of the job, I suppose.
1: Yeah, I mean, is is it something you have to be? And you say some people don't understand that. That'll always be fans saying, "Oh, look at him! You know, he's 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 he's." Uh, I don't think either of you have necessarily got too much of that. But you know, oh, Judas, he's headed off, and all this type of thing. Like, but do you always have to be the professional in you, just not to get too attached to anywhere? Like, obviously, you want a club you play for to do well, and you like the teammates. But is there always a part of you that has to think, listen, I can't get too too attached here because, you know, I, I could be heading off here at the end of the season. You have to be very conscious of that.
3: Yeah, absolutely. Like, uh, you don't know what's around the corner. Um, like, especially in football, anything can happen from things that's happened that's out of the manager's control, out of, uh, like, anything. It could be a financial situation. It could be, Uh, non-successful situation anything like that or uh, a new manager coming in he doesn't like the player or you know so uh, like every uh, professional uh, football professional will come across that at some stage in their career Um, you know so like uh, it's just part it's just part of the uh, the game I suppose
1: part of the game I mean Greg like what's your take on on that side of it I mean you know, you left Shamrock Rovers at the end of the season. We had Jack Byrne on last week. You know, we spoke about your influence, um, and I, I assume it's hard. Like it's still hard to have the discussion when you're, you're you get the sense that it's, it's time to move on. I mean, as much as you're you've been around the block and you know the game, it's still it's still probably not easy.
2: Yeah, I don't know where my home is. To be honest. Um, no, uh, no, you do. Like I've I was kind of same as Bad saying there. Like I've probably been on the roads last what fourteen, fifteen years, geez, what age I mean. Um like left to go to Dublin when from Wexford when I was seventeen and I think I've always been on the on the road, always travelling to different clubs around the around the country. Mostly I've been but mostly based in Dublin really, to be honest. I think it was in Dublin for eight, maybe eight, eight, nine mm. eight, nine year, Cork for two, back to Dublin for three. Now I'm up in Sligo. Um yeah, it's 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 okay, like like bad like Badge said there, like it's just a case of managers, contracts, like there's nothing guaranteed in this league, sadly. Um I know Shamrock Rovers now at the minute, like they they've they've given out two, three year deals. I know they're done the same, but I just don't think other clubs are in that have that financial power to be doing that. And like like bad like Badge said as well about managers going, coming and going, their own performances dipping, or oh, uh, age, everything comes into it. But um for myself i was just i don't know maybe when i got i was at ucd for four years and a half or that i was kind of a thing is i've probably put myself in a position to be lucky enough to be be winning a few things and my always my next kind of move was always thinking where can i go to try and win something and that could be up the top of the uh, country bottom of the country it wasn't really a factor for me but um obviously you get older now it's 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 a bit different but um like I said, I'm up in Sligo now. I'm really enjoying it. I'm enjoying the scenery of out in the con- like country. I know Cork's a big city, Dublin's probably big, like the biggest in the in the country. Sligo's probably a bit different for me, but I'm re- actually really enjoying it. So, um, but it's it's nothing's guaranteed in this league, sadly, and um, hmm. that's just the way it is, you know. Yeah.
1: Well, I was just going to say, Greg, are you on a two-year deal at the moment at Sligo or, or one? Are you on a two-year? Uh,
2: Um, I've signed. I've signed a one, but there's there's a clause in it. If I read so many games, certain games that uh, something triggers. So yeah.
1: Okay. Okay. And Connor, are you on a one or are you on a two at the moment? Like your situation,
3: something. Um, I'm on one with the option of uh, next year. So uh, it depends on how we get on, and we'll see how things go. Yeah.
2: Suppose John didn't give you a five year, no. <laughs> that,
3: <laughs> yeah.
1: that, Johnny, Ward's, Johnny Ward's sitting there at the moment, going, "I'm pretty sure I approved I, I something else in that one." But like, so <laughs> what part? Like, what part of a normal season do you then start to think? Like, is it always in the back of your mind when you, at times, when you've had the one-year deal, right, with no option? Like, at what time does it cross your mind? Like, Greg, you had an injury last year when you're at contract yeah. at the end of the season. So, I'd imagine that's stressful as hell when you when something yeah. like that happens. Yeah,
2: yeah. Like, I think this was the. F- like th- I think this was the first year. Come two months, to the end of the season. Usually, i have always had my contracts sorted, or where I'm going to go, or what I'm going to do. I'll have it all you kind know, of sorted because it's not guaranteed. But I'd have a fair idea what I'm doing either signing an extension or if I was moving on. Because obviously, managers and can talk to players come the last whatever month of your contract or whatever. So I think this was the fully first year for me since I've been in the league where I was like, Jesus, what? Am- What's what's my options then? Because I was literally trying to get back from my injury and trying to get trying to say or trying to prove that my fitness and look I'll get back and stuff like that. So it was kind of one where, geez, what what if I don't get a contract here? Where am I going to go? What am I going to do? And I've been lucky enough that this was probably the first time it's happened to me. So I was kind of was a bit worried about. I was like, Jesus, what's what's going to be my next move then, or where or what? Mm. So um. And I only knew probably three weeks to prior to the season losing that I was told I wasn't getting a contract. So um, I was the case then, right? Get on, get on to people and stuff like that. So it was my um, managers and put get me name out that I'm gonna be available. But then I'm in a position where I'm just after breaking me leg, um, and my manager's going to take that risk. Will, will I probably get? Will I have the pulling power with money and stuff like that? So all the all them factors come into it. But um, yeah, so it's, this year was probably probably the first first time that. I was in that position, and uh, mm. obviously Liam, we good mate Liam, and um, came back and then um, put the faith in me. So very grateful for that,
0: you know. God, we've we definitely two lads in love with our manager. Anyway, here today. <laughs> <Nah>. <laughs> it's 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 a good question though, Dan, because like I I you know when we had Rodrigo Tosi on and like he'd been to all of these countries playing football, and you're you're like, how do you do it? And I, my my favorite one was a Keel campaign, obviously, because he obviously left Sligo overs, and he, he you know the way you now it's like you give a message to the fans. That he's like, obviously, I'm French, and you know. I basically, I just want to move closer to home. And he wasn't lying, but he ended up have a Cork City. Like, so it's like, you know, you're <laughs> going over to try over Cork City But I, I I have been, you know, in lock, lockdown gives you a chance to think a lot. And like, certainly, me, I'm in my late 30s now. Like, it's kind of dawn on me. I'm going to turn 40 next year. But the two of you lads, you're in your early 30s, which in, in football terms is obviously, you're getting a little bit towards the end of your career. But what was it like? I'll say this to you. What was it like? Joining a club that, on paper, for maybe for the first time in your career, or, or wasn't common for you, was was a step down. Like you, you left Shamrock to score to Sligo Rovers, and just say for you, Badger, you left the Premier Division to go to Galway. You know, did you see it as a step down, or did you see it as a kind of a you know a fresh start at in your early thirties?
3: Yeah, well, I suppose like it is a fresh start as well. Um, look, I haven't played in the first division yet either. Um, I'm coming joining John's John's team in Galway. Um, Like, I've played with him before. I know what he's all about. I know what he's going to bring. Um, And uh, hopefully, like I said there earlier on, that it'll be a successful season and it'll be something that I could put on my achievements as well. That look, uh, we got promoted, that we won the uh, first division. Um, I think Greg, you might have played in UCD maybe with them before um, in the first division, but um, I haven't before either. So, look, um, I'll just, like, I'm looking forward to it.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, when did you get a sense like you? You were on the books. So you were like, still under contract at Derry Connor. Like, when did you get a sense that things were uh, that movement was was happening? Like, was it you know? How did it all play out? I guess.
3: Well, look, um, I went up to Derry. Uh, well, I went back to Derry. Um, I was with them a couple of years ago before I moved to Cork, and I found tension going up there. signed a the two-year deal. Move, move everything up to Derry, um, and. Sure, obviously, then within two or three months, then the whole uh, lockdown happened, coronavirus thing happened. Um, so I couldn't get back down to Cork and I ties down in Cork. And, you know, so it was impossible. Um, five or six hour trek, you know, on weekends and stuff like that. And was, sometimes I was going twice a week and look, uh, to be fair to Declan, he was very good with that. Um, and we had a talk middle of last year I think it was just after the lockdown um, and he says, look, uh, will you give me your best till the end of the season? And look, uh, we'll see what happens. And look, uh, we'll come to uh, some sort of agreement and we'll try to work something out um, for you. That's better for you. And, um, and look, uh, thankfully we did in the end. And look, uh, John, John contact me then. Obviously, uh, would it would be interesting coming to the Gala that uh, he was building a, a team around here and like uh, wanted to be successful and uh, haven't worked with him before, and uh, Lisa Fallon obviously as well as with him as well. Um, so you know, so uh, I decided that I'll go with that.
0: Why did why did things go so wrong at Derry last season? Actually, Connor, because uh, you know, I, I, some of the games I watched them, they were very good, but ultimately it was just a disappointing season. A lot of late goals and all that, and uh, obviously that 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 kind of worry has continued because they were very very poor against Longford, seemingly.
3: Um, It was a difficult season last year. It definitely was. um, I think when I signed at Derry, they were excellent the year before uh, when we played them. Um, I was playing for Cork. We played against them the the beaters two or three times, I think. Um, uh, They were excellent. And they had Parkhouse, they had McNamee, they had um, Jimmy McDonough on the right, they had Junior on the left. They were very exciting. And uh, uh, these players ended up leaving and uh, we weren't really sure like, uh, right until the transfer uh, window ended, where, where the likes of them players were going to go, and unfortunately we just weren't able to, you know, uh, br- like, I bring in talent that was able to replace them. And after the lockdown, then, um, bring in three or four lads in from England, and they had a week or two, uh training with us, and then the new uh, rule came in that the lads coming in from England had to quarantine for so many weeks and uh, weren't able to play and then so uh, we were right down for two or three games at the start uh, like after the lockdown and uh, we weren't getting the results we were playing all right. we conceded a lot of late goals when we were ahead comfortably ahead in games and um, I just think that uh, you know like I knocked the stuffing out of us a lot um, unfortunately
0: yeah, and I suppose reflecting on your season, Greg, an absolute disaster, really, in so many ways. But uh, whilst you were watching on, Shamrock Rovers became, you know, a very, very good League of Ireland team, played AC Milan. And what was your reflections, I suppose, as, a, as somebody watching on the sidelines? And, you know, you were finally kind of coming back then at the end of the season.
2: Yeah, it was, I think it was with Stephen Bradley, it was, it was, the whole thing was building, trying to get get to this, get to that level, get to that standard and get the hands on the, on the league and it was kind of a two, three year kind of process obviously for myself personally missing it was good but just to see the pro- progress of the team obviously being a part of that and being involved in that and seeing the, seeing the strides the team was making and getting so close for the year before obviously having the cup win and then then finally getting the hands on the on the league was uh, was great um, really enjoyable the boys deserved it I think the boys deserved it I know there's a few lads saying about the league and only been an 18 game and all, but um, well, um, in as
0: opposed to a few lads.
2: Yeah, 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 Pat, yeah. Um, but I just think it would have, um, it wouldn't have mattered if that had been another 18 games. They would have won a, say, a great team, great side, and it was just great to see this is to see the pro progress of the team and Stephen Bradley building that team up to get to that level and just being there for them three years and just seeing that was 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 pretty special and. And um, obviously for the lads, some of the lads never got their hands on a league title and stuff, and just seeing the joy and the achievement and the sense of they've done it like was 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 pretty special. Obviously for myself, it was it was it was nice, but in a way, it was I was gutted that I uh, gutted mm-hmm. that I couldn't couldn't play more of a part in the final year of that. Um I think I played four games at the start, uh, and then the lockdown came, then ready to go again. Then in the in the the restart, and then a week before the restart, then brought me leg in a friendly. So it was um it was hard to take, but it was it was one that was like really right, new challenge for myself, and just be be as be playing a sporting role in the dressing room and stuff like that, getting the lads geared up for games and just where I kind of am and stuff like that. So, it was, but uh, it was a great season. Obviously, new season now and new start for myself. But um, it was it was great to see our Rovers yeah.
1: Greg, anytime I talk to anyone about moving to Sliger Rovers, um, they always talk about, as you, I think you've touched on it there, like the, the scenery, the sort of change of pace away from Dublin. Often it's like, you know, it's good crack, like people would say, you know, yeah. you're putting in a house with a couple of lads. I don't know, like, who have you got, or are you in with a couple of the players, or, or how are things working out in terms of that no, sort of things. All-
2: I have yeah. my own apartment. I have my own apartment, so um, away from the lads. But uh, there's, a few, there's a few houses around. There's lads in different apartments in town. There's some lads outside of, outside of the town. I think it's Riverstown. Um, but we're not too far away. Obviously, you can only... We're trying to, in a little bubble as well. You can only do so much. Yeah. stuff. we might meet for the odd sly coffee, but like just outside and stuff, grab it and maybe go, but can't do too
0: much, you know, at the minute. This, this but, is uh, the is. progress in the... This is the big progress. The in senior, you have, you have like, like six lads living in a, in, a, in a house now, you have Conor McCormick with his own pad in Galway and Greg Bulger with his own pad in Sligo. Like, so things are on the up for these players. Uh,
1: but, Johnny, <laughs> I was just saying that, that the senior pros can negotiate for that. If they're, if those lads are 22, they're in that house with the six dollars or whatever. There's no, there's no doubt, about the that, you know, <laughs> <laughs> there's, no, there's no doubt about that. But, but, um, what are your expectations for the season? Well, I mean, I think Connor it's pretty straightforward. Promotion is the target in Galway. Like Greg, like what can Sligo achieve? You know, what can Sligo Rovers achieve? Sorry, you have to call them Rovers. You have to start calling Shamrock Rovers shams now. as well. Shams now, yeah. Like,
2: shams
1: now. I you assume you've got the house book, the house style. But like, what what's achievable? I mean, I know one game is a lot to read up, but you, you did look at you'd look at Sligo Rovers last week and think they could be competitive this year.
2: Yeah, um, look, it's there was the whole thing with Liam. Me probably coming up here too. So like I'm with Liam, like he wants. I know Liam and Badger said say the same. Like he's ambitious. He wants to do well and kind of thing. He's like he's not up here to waste his time. He wants to kick, as Liam would say, the gig on and um, try and improve on last year and get up and like uh, Connor knows himself. He can relate to it. Like it only takes a few players to certain types of players to get it improve a team and stuff like that. And I think me coming up here with with Sligo, There was a good nucleus of so lads there, and then a few moved on, and then he brought in five or six lads, and I, I, I think they're all good signings. And look, I, I can't, I can't say what's going to be the outcome of this season. It's going to be a long season. There's a lot of factors, injuries, suspensions, stuff like that, because there's a tight enough squad. But look, we've we've played well last or earlier tonight um, against Dundalk, who are definitely going to be right, right there. Um, it's probably a good omen, but. It's, I couldn't tell you what we're going to do or what we're going to achieve, but one thing's for sure, we're going to be exciting. we're going to win games, we're fit, and um, I think we'll, we'll put it up to anyone. Um, obviously, just getting that consistency over the year is, is the biggest thing for teams that that win stuff, so, um, but yeah, I think it's exciting, and it's just a pity, obviously, Slygo, sorry to go on, Johnny.
0: Yeah, just to, like I know Dan touched on this earlier, but A. Irving playing such an important part for Longford. To see Mahan and Kenny um, at Sligo. Like it's it's fantastic to see such a small town producing these players and pay, playing such a big role for you guys. And you're now one of the elder players to kind of bring them on as well.
2: Yeah, no, look, I know John, John like has played a season. He's like a season campaign. I'd be fair, but he's only twenty as well. You, you'd forget that, like twenty or twenty-one. And Johnny as well, all local lads. You, I think you need that and. I think with badges me and him are down at Cork, you need that you need that nucleus of Cork lads and then the same mm. slight you need the nucleus of Sligo lads. Same same when Conor now was up in Galway. You need them Galway lads there to have that nucleus in the team. I think it's vital. But uh, yeah, I think it's gonna be, be an exciting season for us. don't um, don't let the jinx us or nothing, but uh, good start. It's only a start, but um it should be an exciting season for us, yeah.
1: Honour, you're going to get, you've got Shells on Friday and it's probably, it's a great start and there's probably going to be a quite a few players on that pitch who people wouldn't expect to be in the first division, including yourself, you know, that it's 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 a hell of a start, isn't it? There's no sort of easing into it. This is a, this is a heavyweight clash from day one.
3: Yeah, no, exactly. Uh, that's what you want straight away. Um, look, uh, it's going to be a tough game, obviously, that we know that uh, Shells, have managed to keep a lot of their players and add to it, like uh, nearly strengthened their team from on last year. Um, so it is like, uh, it definitely is going to be a tough, like a tough game. I know they're early favorites to, uh, to win the league this year, but hopefully we can throw a spanner in the works and, um, starting on Friday night. I
1: just mean, yeah, before, a few questions. No, really, before, um, we, before we have a few questions to go to, but before we let you go, just thinking you were together at that amazing Cork City season. Um When you sort of uh, wipe the league, like in 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 the terms of your long careers in the league, is that up there with any enjoyment you've had in, in your like? And, and when when I say that season to you, what images come to your mind? I don't know who wants to take that, but what do you think of when you think of twenty
3: well, seventeen? <laughs> um badge. Uh, well, I come down on the back of them winning the FAI Cup uh, in the last minute, uh, Shawnee Maguire and. Like, I just knew that they were a very hungry group of lads. And uh, John added a couple uh, to the 2017 year. And look, uh, it was unbelievable, obviously, to knock Dundalk off their perch. Uh, like, at the one at the last couple of years. Um, and the enjoyment, obviously. And like, uh, like, uh, like uh, throughout the whole year and even like at the cross, every game. Uh, like every week, packed the rafters, the the boys, the whole the whole city, the whole vibe. Uh, I've never seen anything like it, and um, to win the double then that year as well, and uh, the way we done it on penalties, um, like uh, like it was just unbelievable because no one, no one thought we could do it, and we did do it, and uh, like we proved a lot of people wrong. So, um, no, I like I really enjoyed it. It's definitely one of my uh, favorite uh, moments in my
1: career. Greg, right, what stands out for you? What, what's your at yeah, I think that time?
2: no I think it's like like kind of said there like just the whole buzz around the place the whole city of Cork you know where, like we're getting to the games or we're getting six seven thousand most games going out every 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 week having that buzz you know and having that support and it means so much you know like you know it says Dublin clubs there's so many teams in Dublin like that I just think when you go to a club like Cork or like like sorry, going out to support you're like it's Big, your big name around the town or they're, they're cut the football mad and just to see everyone everyone like kind of galvanised together kind of galvanised the city was great and then um, I think the dressing around the team such a good good group of lads it was uh, it was great to share their moments with, with, with all the lads um, had some good nights out together as well bad to tell you that Um, and stuff <laughs> but uh Come, come, on, there, well, there, come on, Is there, is there any, <laughs> yeah. any, any particular ones that? Oh, <laughs> no, I say nothing, we get in trouble. <laughs> but um, yeah, no. But it was just—it was great to share that. And then obviously, Dundalk's being such a good team, trying to trying to chase them down for what two, three years, and uh, to being able to to, to beat them because it was such a good team. And I don't think they, I don't think they liked it too much, to be honest either. Um, with some great battles over them two years, three years. But um, just to yeah, just to get your hands on it, and then doing the double was special because I was it was a long time since Cork City done that. So um, just to be part of the history was it's it's, it's pretty special, yeah.
0: What did you make it <laughs> to on Friday, Greg? Just briefly, Saturday
2: evening. Um, yeah, I, I I thought to be better. To be honest, I thought to be a bit better. Um, and I was saying, I don't know, what I was saying too much. I thought to be?" I was expecting better because I was I uh, um. It's hard, it's hard to put a finger on it, but I just, I thought we finished, I thought we were fitter. I thought we finished stronger in the game. Um, but I think I was done, whatever over the years just watching them, I think they always kind of start slow. They always start slow. It kind of takes them a while to get into a rhythm and get going. And they always finish, like to be fair, they always finish strong. But um, yeah, there's a lot of new players. that still have the nucleus, still have serial winners in their team. They're, they're going to be right mm. there. Um. But I just I thought to be I thought to be a bit better than what they were. That's
0: and, that's yeah. um, very very honest. So yeah, we've very this is a really rapid fire questions now. So we've got a couple of minutes to get through these. This is from Malloy 8. How do the facilities and set up sligo compare to Rollstone, Greg? And
4: um, it's pretty
2: similar, really. Pretty similar. I think in Roadstone, you got a rig out there, you can put do Jam and TRX stuff in that. But other than that, everything is probably the same. We have our own, own astro pitch up here. Of grass pitch. We use the, the showgrounds as a pitch and we can use Sligo pitch. So, facility-wise, it's probably on a par. It's no better, no worse.
0: That's that's perfect. Uh, what did Pat Hoobin say to Greg at halftime in the cup final? That's from Robbie Morton.
2: Where did I get my Ah, uh, no, I don't know. It was, um, <laughs> I, was, I think it was just referees. I know probably some of our staff were on the referees and Pat, Pat wasn't happy. and a bit,
0: bit of needle you need that it's great yeah that's fair enough uh, question for a brilliant Rovers player uh, Ger- Greg Bulger how good do you think Dylan Watts will be and obviously Jack was raving about him last week um, uh, what does he need to do to become the next Rovers star along with Graham Bork? that's from Shane Ford
2: I think I think Dylan uh, I think Dylan's a smashing player when he came into Rovers first he really kind of saved our season for all the world he came into midfield with himself and uh, he was brilliant and the next year, I think a lot of bodies came in, and my honest opinion on I think Stephen Bradley probably didn't trust him defensively. That was probably just my opinion. on it, I could be wrong, mm-hmm. but um, I think Dylan showed the last few, the last towards the last, end last year. He was um, he's getting that into his game, an all round game, and he's only going to improve. And I think he's going to be a brilliant player for overs this year.
0: Thanks a million, Greg. Mark Mark um, Any questions for uh Connor regarding Derry last season? I kind of asked that, but who in the current Derry squad do you rate, Connor?
3: Uh there's a couple of good young lads coming through. Um I would I would say Owen Toll is going to be a massive player. Um he's going to be a great player that has a uh a bright future ahead of him, uh definitely. Um I didn't I didn't know much about him until I went up there. Um, but uh, playing with him and training with him every day, um,
0: he's definitely going to be um, a serious centre-half. And this one is from your former colleague, Stephen Beattie. Um, is it true that he you're in a yeah. coffee club with John and Lisa? <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> well, any coffee club I was in with Beats, he never put his hand in his pocket the whole two or three years that I play with him down in Cork and Greg will back me up with that
2: tightest Bramble is tightest <laughs> Bramble
3: yeah <laughs> <laughs>
1: Damn. That's a great nickname actually too. That's a really good
2: nickname I like that Enjoy that Danny It is
1: uh, There always used to be There was a journalist Whose nickname was Crime Because Crime Never Pays Which I thought was a pretty good nickname <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but t- t- Titus Bamble is, is A harsh Titus If he's listening I'm obviously very sorry Titus We're not suggesting you're a Titan Anywhere yourself But um, <laughs> listen lads It's been great having you on We really appreciate it And we hope you You uh, you both have good seasons. You've, you've been around in the block in the league, but there's plenty of life in those legs, I think, yet. So, um, we hope you have a great year and thanks for joining us. We appreciate it.
2: Thanks, lads. Cheers, lads. All the best. Thanks for having us.
0: Yeah, plenty of uh, Cork City chat with the lads there and uh, plenty of Cork City chat with Colin Healy yesterday the, the press conference ahead of the Cove Randers game on Friday and I uh, asked him a few questions. I suppose
4: just just your honour about the first vision there. Um, Galway United seem to have gone more or less full time. And looking at Shelburne, obviously Cork City, a big team down there. You've at and um, Bray, maybe UCD. John Coffey said he thought they were all better than last year. Is this kind of a product of maybe the, the Premier Division is so strong now? You're getting the first vision that's like a second tier, but it's, it seems to be really really deep this year compared to maybe other years.
5: No, it is as you said. Listen, the teams. The teams are a lot stronger, definitely for sure. Um, as you said, there's a lot of players probably dropped down from the Premier League, dropped down to the first division. Um, I would imagine the money is probably better in the first division too. Is probably yeah, you're getting probably better players in the first division, but it, it is. It's going to be very difficult and a lot of good players in it. So it's. Um, I think it's going to be a very good division, first division for people to watch this year. Um,
4: and just how have you enjoyed it so far? You're kind of not long into the senior management role. Has it um, been to your expectations? Or um, has it been tricky?
5: I know, but probably when it came in last year, I thought it, I thought it was tricky. It was difficult coming into, um, coming into the in, into the group that was there. Um, it was as I said, listen, we weren't in a good position. Um, so you know, as I said, we ended up getting relegated. And for for any team, it's, it's not it's not nice for for that to happen. Um, I suppose this year here, listen, I'm after bringing in my own players. Um, I suppose it's the I put my stamp on, on on the way that I want to play and do the way how we carry ourselves around the training ground and and so be so it's 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 um it's something that i'm looking forward to i've really really enjoyed the last nine weeks i have to be fair you know pre-season you know the games that we have played and i would probably looking forward not to Friday night. can't can't wait to get it started
4: and when you say kind of putting your stamp on things what are the traits that we can expect from cork city this season that would embody your own i suppose
5: no, oh, as I said, listen. You just want, um just hard working players that you know that will give everything for the jersey. That's all I ask. People go out and do things properly, and um, if they do that, I think we'll be okay.
4: And just finally, did it hurt you last season to see you know the, the team struggling so much? Um, you know, a team that had really recently been playing in Europe regularly, obviously winning leagues, winning cups, and that descent seemed to happen very dramatically. It, it must have been hard for you to, to watch and then take over obviously. No,
5: obviously it was. As I said, listen. No, as as I said, I'm i I'm a Cork supporter just as just, you know, as, as, as it is so it's it is it is hard to see the club where it was, you know, but um listen, it's um you know, the results didn't go away last year and we it was just unfortunate that, you know, we 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 got relegated so it's probably gotta put that note in in the past and just look forward to this year and, you know, see see if we can have a good season this year.
4: Sorry, sorry, just, just one other question. What players from the outside are looking in, lads, we mightn't be familiar with, maybe the rest of the country should we be looking out for down in car?
5: Um we brought in a few uh, we brought in a few players. We brought in um we brought in the goalkeeper Paul Hunt, we brought in Gordon Walker, um brought in um Jonas Hackingham from um from, he's Canadian. He played. He played with FC Hacking. He's a centre back. We brought in George Haven. Is another centre back that was with, with Leicester for for many years. Um, we had Jack as centre forward from from Avondale. Um, we brought back Stephen Beatty um, from from America, which was here for a few years. Jamie Wink came in from Dundalk, and we got Jack Baxter from from um, on loan from Preston. So we got we brought in a few uh, new lads, and obviously from the younger lads that was here last year. So we have got a good group, um, good group, good good group of players this year.
4: Thanks very much and best of
5: luck
0: this season. Thank you. Yeah, so that was Colin Healy from one First Division Manager in Munster to another. Tommy Barrett, um, you did say before you came on air you're married for many, many years. You didn't have a speck of grey until you started managing Limerick. And my question to you in relation to that was which Limerick
6: would that be now? Yeah, you know what, Lynn <laughs> <laughs> The two years that I had, the two years that I had, you know what. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah look, difficult times, but sure, look, we, we got over it. You you learned something from it anyway, but definitely I, I'm looking a lot clearer. Because, you know, I haven't got, am not living in Dublin, where we don't have the access to those. Those hairdressers and barbers that you where you can get yours died now, you know. So, you
0: know, yeah, yeah, I don't know what you're getting at there, but uh, welcome to the show anyway, and uh, welcome back to the League of Ireland in the shape of treaty, obviously. And um, just talking to you off air, you've I, I don't know how managers do in the League of Ireland with the wages that are involved, are uh, not involved, but you've actually put together a pretty decent squad. and How are things going down uh, in Limerick?
6: Yeah, look, we're ha- we're happy with, with the lads we signed with, with the group we put together. You know, we only had two or three days because, you know, the, the club decided to go amateur, which I think is the right decision considering year one, you know. So all the lads that's, that we signed are, you know, no one asked about money and just wanted to sign and want to be there. So I think that's half the battle. Um, I think we're, we're happy enough with, with, with the squad that we signed considering... The time frame we had as I said um, you know it's, the, it's going to be the most competitive first division I think I've ever seen probably um, so it will be difficult for us but certainly we'll take it game by game and, and give it a shot we've nothing to lose really
1: Tommy normally when there's a either a new club or a new ownership or whatever it is and, and Limerick has seen a bit of everything of that in, in recent memory there'd be like you know a big crowd the first game I know you are away first but like you know, there'd be a big sort of has around the first game. Obviously, it's very different times now. Have you been able to get much of a flavour of what the support level is for, for Treaty United? Because it's, it's obviously confusing for some people who are just used to, you know, Limerick FC being there and they mightn't all be on top of the politics. Like some of the people who, the 5,000 people who come out when you play Finn Harps in the playoff a couple of years back, they might not necessarily be that engaged by crests and stuff. They just go and support the Limerick team. Like, what, have you got a sense of like what the... The feeling
6: on the ground is towards your club now? Yeah, that's a good question, Dan. It, it, it's harder to gauge, obviously, because we're not interacting on a human level every day. But I suppose all we can go off of really is social media. And, and we've seemed to have a, a very positive reaction on social media, and the membership that the lads look to sell seem to get a, a very positive reaction as well. Um, and we have got a few sponsors in, and the players have been sponsored. So um, I suppose that shows that there, there's there's good will there towards it, and anyone you know, we get lots of messages and lots of media attention. Um, so I think there is good will there towards it. Um, you know, there has been that bit of banter about the name and and the colours and, and and the likes of that, but the majority of people have just said they're happy with um, senior soccer, men's senior soccer, being back in the region, and I think. That's the most important thing and people can see that. Um, But I don't think we'll find out truly, like you said, particularly from a fan and supporter's point of view until we get the the crowds back in. But um, I think it has been positive uh, in the main from what I can see. But again, you know, time will tell on that.
1: What's the road been like to get there then? Because there was licensing, there was, you know, that uncertainty around... Uh, I think there was always a degree of confidence you would get in, but it still wasn't, you know, it wasn't a hundred percent set in stone. Um, I know you've been involved with the treaty project, you know, from from an early stage. So like yeah, you know, what's the the journey? But like what, what's that process been like and were there moments where you thought you might actually get to this stage?
6: Yes, there was because the longer it goes on, you know, I'm thinking we had, we had heard particularly, I, I believe the decision should be made in January anyway, every year, the licensing, you know, because, you know, teams, people, this particularly this year, everyone had their team signed, like first division and premier division. And every year, people are, uh, clubs are signing players and essentially they don't have a license because the licenses aren't granted till, you know, February, uh, a lot of the time. So, um but we were told that it would be the early February and then it went on to the 22nd of February. So then I'm thinking, you know, we're not going to get in here because, you know, they might give us the underage and, and sit out a year. And when that vacuum was created, you know, because we're not getting, for whatever reason, we're not being told why we're not in or why we're getting the license. And, um, you know, rumor mills start going that we're not going to get in. They're going to give us a a, a youth setup and and look to 2022. And then you're going to players, and you can only go to unattached players at that time, out of contract professionals or out of contract amateurs that played League of Ireland the year before, uh, uh, or not registered amateurs, should I say? And you can't approach junior players, so you're, you're worried about like, am I going to get a team here? Um, am I going to get? I think COVID was good to us in the fact that we got into the 25th or 22nd of February that a lot of junior players, even our higher level junior players, might have came to us or would have came to us because they're, they're not playing with anyone. So They don't know way, what they're going to
1: play. That's a that's yeah. very real issue. I did a piece in that recently. Yeah. Like The junior football in the country is... They're in a state of uh, crisis, really. They're probably,
6: they're, they are. Uh, yeah, and that kind of helped us in a way because we didn't really have to go looking for junior players. Then they came to us, you know. I know, in fairness, a lot of more lads that would have played with us in the past and played with um, Limerick FC in the past and came through the underage system through with me a lot of time. Uh, and, and I had to go with a lot of lads like that, that, that I, that I knew, you know, because we would such a short turnaround. Um, and I suppose it was a bit of unfairness there as well, because I could only have a look at, there was a lot of lads ployed in and I could only have a look at, look at them on one night because we had to get players signed by the Thursday night. And that was a bit harsh on some of the lads. It could have been, you know, they could have been really good players for us, but, you know, you need to look at them over two or three weeks in, in, in a normal pre-season and we just couldn't do that, you know. So, particularly some of the younger lads. You know, I had a good lad down from Dublin, like Andy Spain, I think he was a former Irish under 17 or 19 international. And I liked the look of him, but I just couldn't take a chance on, on, on the one look, you know.
1: Mm, I think that's something, yeah, we'll probably cover on the show across the season. Even the, there's a lot of players from the junior game who have come into the league or tried to get into the league because they almost have nowhere else to go, and I think we'll, we'll come back to that and I think generally we want to look ahead with treaty here, but I suppose like tommy like you know, the end of the time with Limerick FC was obviously a bit of a grueling time like did did that make you like reevaluate your your relationship with football in any way like, Reevaluate your, your for, life <laughs> well, you know what I'm saying your love you know your love for football and and and, and the league and being involved you know because it was obviously a there's a lot of stuff going on there, and did that affect your relationship with the game at all?
6: Did it, Dan, it, and it made you think about like you. I give my, I give like, you know, obviously I, I started playing in 2003 or four, I think three or four in League of Ireland. I was late coming to it. Um, I was about 23 or 24 before I played, and then I played up until 2012, um and then. You know, Went to the coaching straight away, almost, you know, I was player coach at the one with curly and I had my B license done. But then after that, I went back to Limerick, assisted with the nineteens and and built my way up that way and was a manager of nineteens and you youth development officer and all those things. But when you're a part-time amateur or pro in the league, like what you find is you like you're getting jobs that. In your, in your day job that kind of are very flexible but you're not getting massive you're missing out on promotions you're missing out like it yeah. goes on said but you are because you're you're not seen as fully committed almost in your job you know even though you are you still, still I still put in my 35 hours a week like anyone else and sometimes more particularly when you didn't have the kids you didn't be doing more in the line of work you're doing so like I, I went back and um Finishing off a master's at the moment, I went back and, and you know, because I suppose I missed out on leaving on that because you, you focused on your pro license. And I like I hadn't, um, I left when I left school, I, I like I wasn't very academic in school and just did my leaving sorting and went straight into work. Uh, just college never came into my head at that time in 1998 or whatever it was. And then I went back and I did like diplomas and a couple of diplomas in that, but so then I just said, Look, I need to do. I educate myself just outside of football, so I'm, I'm finishing off a master's there next month. But um, I, I suppose, yeah, to answer your question, it definitely does help you re- or make you reevaluate because the financial reward, the monetary gain isn't there, you know, and then you're losing out on, on a monetary gain in particular and career progression outside of the job. And there's no industry, i spoke to you this about this many times. There's no industry in this country, and we need mm. to, to finance to back that, for sure. Yeah,
1: well, what, what, what are you doing the Master's <clears throat> in? Sorry, Johnny, what are you doing the ma- Master's in,
6: Thomas? Well, uh, social care management. Yeah, I work, um, my day job, I coordinate a Garda youth, uh, a Garda youth diversion project in Limerick in Youth Service. Okay, so.
1: so this is broadening your your education in that broader area, I guess. That, that, yeah. That's the thinking mind Yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, it, it was interesting as well because I know I know, I know on Gated games they did a the study of the players and like a lot of gatherers end up basically in jobs that make it easier for them to pursue their intercounty career. But then they come into their early thirties and they're kind of like, I didn't really want to be in this job actually, and where am I going now? So it's kind of it's probably not something to talk about that much.
6: Yeah, probably not. Look, I love the job I'm in, and, and you know, and and the area I'm in, and like I I never I, look I never really. Um, had massive opportunities to go full time um, playing football, but it suited me. I don't think I would have anyway. If I, even if I was good enough to do it uh, at the time, I don't think the industry is there in this country for full time players, particularly as you're getting older, as you're getting to your, you mm. know, mid twenties, uh, early thirties. Uh, it's very difficult. There's only probably two, two or three clubs where it's really viable um, for the old, older we'll top, in particular. Pardon. Will it ever be viable?
0: Like, Will there ever be that industry? Like, Clancy speaks about it, you speak about it. Many managers, we we have to have, you know, we're looking at the young players that are coming through with various clauses, which is very encouraging, but can we not have a proper football industry in this country where players can be paid as
6: professionals until they stop playing? Well, I think, yeah, I think we need, we need significant investment, Johnny, and we need to look at it. And, and the league has been treated with contempt for many years now, I believe, anyway. Um, and that needs to change. There needs to be a shift now where we we look at the whole process and what we're doing from the bottom up. Now, the, the, the introduction of the Underage League, League of Ireland, I think has been fantastic for players and players' development. Um, I know from down here anyway, it certainly has helped. We have a lot more players from this region playing part-time professional or full-time professional around the league, and that's brilliant for them and brilliant for players. But we have to look at the bigger picture and, and Look at the likes of, um, you know, a reserve league or why, why players won't come from junior football then even or, or Leinster Senior mm. League. What's the issue there? You know, we have to make it more attractive um, and, and, and less parochial and less closed-minded stuff where, you know, people are looking at winning FEI Junior Cups or winning Leinster Senior Cups. And I get that. Right? And it's great for the parish and it's great for the club and all that kind of stuff. But is it great for the player? And it ultimately is it great for our national for our sport in this country mm-hmm. because we're not producing enough quality players with that kind of mentality. We won't get them across. And we can't keep depending on England and, and, and other markets to, to do that for us. We've we've really good coaches here uh, in this country. You can just look at the Android setup. Um and the coaching practices and the training practice like it was all over Europe on the pro license. And they're not too different to to what we do here uh, in in the course of education side of things. So it's it's we're we're we always looking at the outside and how great everywhere else is. But if we get the facilities right and the infrastructure right, we have the people here that can do it. But they just need to be um, financially rewarded for it. I believe. Mm. Like.
0: How damaging was the the last
6: your last experience at Limerick, and how
0: damaging was it for sort of the the entity of maybe that Limerick club in terms of, there was so much stuff off the pitch, so much negative stuff in the papers, and did it set Limerick football back, or can you start afresh and treaty be the way that you are going forward from here? Like,
6: yeah, look, Limerick has been negative for like not negative, but, but we we put a positive spin on it for. Like what for forty years? But we have been like realistically, what have we done in that forty years? You know, um, that we've we've won two first divisions in in you know in probably not pro- uh, two or three in in that forty years first divisions and, and got relegated fairly quickly out of the Premier. In the last twenty years, we've got up twice, uh, and that was in two thousand and twelve and sixteen, I think. With huge financial backing, um, so mm. we have to, and then went straight back down again because we couldn't afford to stay to, to back it once we were up. So we we need to get to a place where again it'll come to getting your own training facility, getting you know good deals links with universities, colleges, clubs, leagues, uh, growing your own players, um, and making underage football in this region uh, better, you know, like you just look at the Limerick Orders, like they, they started out in 2000, under 14s, about 10 years ago and about 10 of that team in from their oh, yeah. academy came, came through, you know, their their under 14 team and like, that's the way we need to go. Like, look, I probably went around uh, when, when Limerick are Treaty are winning trophies or even getting, getting close to getting, up to the Premier League but I think that's the way to go we have to get it right from the grassroots Um, and we haven't done that in this region um, for one reason or another in the last you know 20 to 40 years we haven't created a senior international I'm saying all the time lads in this region in, in 40 years Johnny Walsh was the last one you know that's for me that just that just proves it it just shows everything there's something not right you know
0: yeah, that 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 is pretty uh, stark, all right? And just um, before you go, I, I was struck by a the the caliber of players that you've put together, but b just the spread as well. You've a, a lovely kind of spread of Limerick uh, and 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 kind of counties in the region represented in that squad.
6: Yeah, we have. You know, we've we've nine Limerick lads, um, five from Clare, five Tip, two from Kerry, two from Cork. Um, and um, we have we have so we fight and we've got Galway lads as well so we've we've two Galway lads so we have um we have five of the six counties in Munster representing us and then we have a, a lad from Dublin, Dean George as well so yeah we've a good spread, uh, we've a bit of experience, a bit of they're young but we're a young side but I think you know we'll we hope to cause a few upsets anyway for sure.
1: Yeah, I mean finally Tommy, me, what's the expectation this year? I mean, and what's your reading of the the first division generally. I think people expect Shelburne and Galway to be strong, I suppose. I mean, you can throw other names, Cork, Bray, UCD, I don't know. What's your assessment generally on, on the division?
6: Well, there's three teams full-time as far as I can see. Cork, Shelburne and Galway. And you'd imagine with full-time training and recovery that they should be in around the top anyway. Um, Bray were kicking the ball away last year from winning the league. And this team to have strengthened um UCD are always good lads and they're going to be better this year because they're a year older. Uh, at loan, have strengthened with Premier League players. Like, it's all stuff that you know already. Um, Wexford have strengthened with the lads coming out of Pats and the underage lads and, and a couple of loans, uh, lads from Shelburne, likes of Alex, so handling that. So it's going to be a real tough league and it's a real tough league for for us going into it. Like, the only probably ones that, that haven't been spoken about too much were Cabin were Thiele, but they seem to have been done through business in the in the junior market from the Leinster Senior League and the likes of that so uh, it's very hard to call then I think the first few weeks yeah who wins it if I was to if I was to if I was to say now who wins it I think Galway I think Mm -hmm. Galway just for the fact that they're they're on it full time I think they'll be they'll be very well organised and and then outside of Galway you know it'll probably be us you know
1: Oh, yeah. But <laughs> I going not did say. Thought you'd laugh at that and one again at the end <laughs> of the season. But, but that, but that, play, that, that playoff, yeah. like the the, the the enlarged playoff picture, does that give you something to aim for? I know you don't want to like build yourself up, but it is true that the you know you can finish top five in the division and you have something there's something going on, you know. So is that something that everyone can think about in some shape or form?
6: Oh yeah, I think you. you... You, you probably could, Dan, but like I, I don't think we need to go there this year, you know, I, as in... Mm. I think we have to take it. I know people don't like hearing the old cliches we have to take it game by game, but I, I think we do because we just don't know where we're at. Like, we have, you know... We had the two days to put a team together. We had five weeks. We're probably, we, 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 we were put together when people had their first pre-season friendlies, you know, so... It's going to be really difficult for us. Um, and and we have to take it game by game because I don't think we can look at it any way. I spoke a lot about this actually, because when we set limits and we set targets, I used to do it a lot before on the goal setting, but then it can become a negative because if mm-hmm. we're happy with becoming, you know, third from bottom on 15 points or 20 points, like you if you get that you know after halfway through the season let's take the foot off the gas you know so I suppose that's where a lot of coaches and managers will go game by game and and for me that is the only way to go you know OK listen Tommy it's
1: been great having you on it's good to have uh, the Limerick flag flying in back in the league this season and sure, we hope to catch up with you and hope it all goes very well for, for United
0: Thanks lads Thanks for being in Tommy Thank you yeah. Cheers. Thank
1: you Tommy Thanks a million
0: uh, to Tommy Barrett. And uh, just to say, Tommy, Liam from Future Ticketing and the lads might be in touch because they are targeting Treaty as the latest addition to the Future Ticketing stable uh, in the League of Ireland. Um, and uh, I really do hope that things, you know, work out in Limerick because it's, it's fascinating staff there about the lack of internationals uh, secured. We also want to thank... Um, Four star pizza for that uh, pizza giveaway last week. This, this was the word of Keen Roach Dan. Delicious four star crumbling. I'll be back, lads. Can only eat half of it. May have the rest for breakfast. Disappointing game, though. Uh, he was a Rovers fan disappointed. Imagine if he was supporting some of the other teams in week one. That's
1: actually very true. Yeah, I mean, I assume he's eating it by now, to be clear. Hmm. I, yeah. like they're, they're, I mean, you don't, you, is... don't, you don't carry food around for two or three days and leave it at nightclubs, do you?
0: <laughs> no,
1: that's good. <laughs> Johnny Ward, steak the train. First reference of the year. First reference of Never, the year. First, first <laughs> ever by me. What's this week's question? Okay. Which two players, this is a trivia quiz, which two players that were involved in the League of Ireland 2020 season now play for Air United in Scotland? That's, two players uh, yeah. two players who were involved in the 2020 League of Ireland season are now playing for air. AYR, a racetrack to the likes of yourself and me, Johnny, but also a football Indeed.
0: club. Yeah, There you so, go. Again, re- respond to us on uh, the Twitter machine there with the hashtag LOI Central with the correct answer and there'll be a pizza to give away. This week's fixtures is Dundalk against Finn Harps, 5.45 on Friday. Waterford against Sligo, 7.45, that's live on TV. Wexford, Cavitelli, Cork, Cove, UCD at Lone, Galway, Shelburne, all 7.45. Saturday then, I'll be at uh, Daily Round for Bohemian's for Town. St. Patrick's play Drada in a really intriguing game, both of those four o'clock. And Dan, Treaty are here. They uh, conclude the weekend in the Belinda Carlyle
1: Grounds at 3pm on Sunday. Yeah, they do. Um, I think we obviously have the launch of uh, loy TV now as well. We're going to have some of these uh, Pixelot cameras, not not Pixie Lot. I think is a, is a singer, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's a right Pixelot. Yeah. Pi- Bob Geldof's daughter. Mm-hmm. Was it? Uh, it Maybe no, not, not. actually. Yeah, I, yeah. We could mm-hmm. I, I just to apologise to Titus Bramble and to uh, Bob Geldof for <laughs> any inaccurate <laughs> allegations across across the course of the show. Um. Yeah, obviously they had the trial of this. I, I see that they put up footage last week of uh, the, 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 the automated version of that. Uh, the, the, non, the, the, the cameras are unmanned, basically, and it's, it's software that follows the ball. And They put up the highlights of uh, Sean McGovern's and some paths, and they got a mixed review. But they've tried it in England and Scotland, and I think generally feedback's been okay. I think they had that high-profile one in Scotland where the ball got confused by the... Uh, Bald head of the right. uh, linesman, and the there's a few referees in this league now um, who could be vulnerable to that. Like Neil Doyle has a new look now, doesn't he? And there's a few others, so um, that that could cause carnage at some stage. But I suppose broadly, and we should also mention the women's national league starts this weekend too. Um, and not something necessarily comes onto our radar here, but you know it's also important that that, that is referenced, it's mentioned, particularly the strong relations that have been formed between sort of some of the men's clubs or I mean treaties the women's team is a forerunner to the men's team um, and there is an opportunity to watch these games too now like it's 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 a, it's a tough one like you know because obviously you need you need the service to be good but you also need the service to be supported to maintain mm-hmm. it and it's obviously like that's the balancing act and um, you know people would obviously complain about say watch LOI um, and just they would have valid complaints about aspects of it, but then they'd be, you know, sharing around codes and, and uh, doing whatever it takes, which then like keeps the numbers low, which, which then is used as evidence not to continue with it. So that's certainly something that um, it's, it's quite an important year for the league in that respect to see uh, what type of take-up there is for those packages. And I think it's a good year to launch a first division one when you have clubs in it that are very well supported. I mean, Cork City were one of the most viewed premier clubs last year in in Watch LOI. So, that will hopefully help and and hopefully there's no uh, Pixie Lot related carnage.
0: Yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be a great campaign in the First Division. Best look to all the teams, just the amount of teams that have strengthened and, you know, three teams full-time in the First Division with only one.
1: It's a a big change. Do you you ever get worried that we'll be replaced by robots?
0: Yeah. but you know what I mean? It's It's an
1: unmanned camera.
0: Yeah yeah match reports will be you know this has been tried already match reports written they, they, they can even now come up with a horse racing odds based on models for a race right with no human interaction whatsoever on based on form and just put a load of names into the hat in terms of trainers so without any human interaction they can come up with prices for a race in horse racing that's scary do, do, do
1: you reckon they could do an automated podcast there's a lot of podcasts out there now. Like, could you have just a certain... So, yeah, you, you you input the weekend's results and then that's sort of some kind of algorithm that generates a response to that. Like, well, it looks like a two-horse race here, you know, Pats need to score more. That's and a problem. We're disappointing this week. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, it, could it could happen. Like, yeah, it could. It could actually happen. Like, will
0: will it just? We are the DJ's in the Simpsons episode where Bart wanted the elephant. They're like, "Get on the elephant, or you're going to be replaced by the Soundermatic 2000 or whatever." You know? <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah. Well, listen. I mean, it's it's food for thought. And we welcome anyone's feedback if they would prefer us to be replaced by uh, some kind of robot. Let us know. Hashtag LOI Central at LOI Central Pod. I think people can still rate and review us as well. We haven't done that in a while. If you want to rate and review us in the various forums, see like we're we're more so on Spotify now these days as well. So you can like you can LOI Central one day and then you can go to like Mellow Nineties Gold playlist off the back of it. Yeah, you know that's that is my recent search history. Yeah,
0: I I, 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 uh, I I, think uh, Spotify is the place to be in terms of algorithms like actually coming across and working really well where they suggest a tune based on your preferences. And you're like, that's actually brilliant tune. I want to hear that band more. So um, anyway, that's that's enough of that. Yeah.
1: Why, why, why are they recommending Come On Eileen? And what does that say about my life? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, right, let's go. Yeah. Let's go. Um, we'll talk to you.
0: Thanks to thanks to Delboy and Slave as well for their help with our snazzy new um, little logo as well. And uh, we shall be back next week.